Sweating in bed keeping you up at night? Okay, get your mind out of the gutter. This isn't that kind of commercial. You need the cooling power of Purple. The mattress, that is. It's comfort reinvented thanks to the Purple Grid. It allows air to flow through so you can sleep cool and comfortable all night long. And it flexes and cushions no matter what position you sleep in. Hmm, maybe it is that kind of commercial. Anyway, save up to $400 on select Purple mattresses and bedding bundles. Get yours at purple.com slash sleep in. Terms apply. You are now listening to The Reality Is. The Reality Is. Boy, you back. <laughs> it feels good, too. That's where I went wrong in the relationship, too. Suck his dick, don't pass fire. Well, okay, I got that, too. But <laughs> I was not supposed to be on the mic. Well, I don't like to say people when I mean white people. Acknowledge the shit that black people have went through. Excuse my voice, y'all. I've been drinking. <laughs> this is me, mama's, uh, oh, God. One cheek. <laughs> we can't watch this. <laughs> all right, man. All right, all right. We done had a couple of mix-ups today. Mm-hmm. Then got some things switched around. Yeah. The mic is sounding better than it did on the last episode. God damn, Spider, what is you doing back there? I'm back here working it. I see it. <laughs> Well, we back. This is episode two. What what we gonna name this one? Two seventy one. So I need to make sure I change. Old ways. Wait a minute. You said what we gonna name this? Because we got the Freaky Friday. Mm-hmm. So we got to make this one still two seventy, and that oh, one's gonna yeah. have to be two seventy one. That's why I said it's a big mix up. Yeah, but you already gave your your you know you already said that you made a mistake on the last episode. So there's no need to bring that back up. We're going to move forward. Why clearly are you giving you me them just, eyes? Clearly, you just wanted to bring that back. No, up. I mean, it's going to be on that episode anyway. Yeah, when the people hear it. Well, we got a couple of things coming up, man. Um, here next month, we're going to be going out to California. We got a few interviews out there from the March 5th through the 8th. Mm-hmm. We uh, One person that we will be bringing back that everybody already knew was the homie uh, Isaac Keys. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to he was, <laughs> I bet you are. Yes. <laughs> he said, bitch. Hold on. Hold on. Let me say it for you. Yes, I am. <laughs> But so we got the homie Isaac Keys. Um, if you don't know who he is, go check him out. Um, he's an actor. One of the, some of his most recent work mm-hmm. is uh, from Get Shorty on Epics, um, where he plays a bodyguard for mm-hmm. uh, I forgot her name, but she was like a, a Mexican oh, yeah. part of the Mexican mm-hmm. cartel. So, but it's a great show. Um, it's gonna be a great interview. We've been keeping in contact with him ever since two years ago when we went out to L.A. And mm-hmm. he's a humble guy. Yeah. Very down to earth, very crazy. Very he's one of those dudes where if you look at him, he's a big dude, but people look at him and probably think he's mean, but like he is yeah. a jokester. So for me, I know I look forward to to being in the studio with him. I'm pretty sure he'll say something about your voice again like he did the last time. I'm ready this time. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's, I, I look forward to it, man. So before we, you know, get started, we didn't get to do an episode um, right after the whole Kobe Bryant situation. Um, we're not going to talk long on it, mm-hmm. but I do want to say how we found out about the news and the shit was crazy because yeah. we went out to brunch with some of your people mm-hmm. and me and you had just got, we had just got seated. We just chilling. And yeah. one of the guys comes in, him and his guy come in later and they were like, yo, have you heard about Kobe? And I'm thinking, oh shit, what has no, Kobe first done? First of all, he was like, y'all tell me this news about Kobe ain't real. I didn't hear that first Yeah, part. that's what he said first. And instantly it gave me deja vu about Nipsey. Because the same time we found that out, I was yeah. like in searching, trying to find out if it was real or fake or yeah. whatever. And then I think the most important thing to point out is when we were uh, after we had got our food and stuff, 
ABC flashed on the news screen yeah. and confirmed it. That and literally dead. everybody that was sitting in the restaurant was like. It was like a sadness over the whole restaurant, bro. Right. And even for me, like, it wasn't a sadness. Like, you know, some people act like, oh, I knew Kobe. I didn't know him. But I, I think I thought about it from the perspective of what Kobe was to me in the mm-hmm. sense of. I hated the nigga when him and Shaq played together. Mm-hmm. I disliked them motherfuckers. I felt like it was cheating before LeBron and them started. And then it wasn't until Shaq got traded to Miami and I was like, now I like Kobe. Yeah. Because he had to fight on his own. He had to do some shit on his own. He had to carry a locker room and a team on his own. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started to like him. That's when I started watching him more. That's when I started learning more about him. And then, you know, of course, we all know about, you know, him and his daughters and, mm-hmm. you know, having all of that shit. So it was like just falling in love with his gameplay, his work ethic, you yeah. know, like that was a real thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. To be able to see that. So that's what I thought about. But then I also analyzed everything. And when we found out that he was on a helicopter mm-hmm. when he passed away, my mindset was, damn, he probably was telling, I envisioned him telling Gigi, yo, like, Hey, it's going to be all right. Like when the helicopter probably mm-hmm. start making that note beeping noise, letting you know it's out of control. Sign yeah. of trouble. So I was like, I could just envision him saying it's going to be all right. Possibly knowing that it's not going to be. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And waking yeah. up that morning, like me and you were talking about, he, he woke, probably, you know he woke up that morning, kissed Vanessa, yeah, hugged like, the kids. Yeah, I see you when I get back or, you know. And we, and sometimes we, too often times, we take that shit for granted. Oh, yeah. And I think me and you all the time, um, even in the mornings and stuff now, you'll be going to work and I'll be like, hey, let me know when you make it to work. Or when you get off, hey, let mm-hmm. me know you made it to the house. Because just like that, um, the meme that's out there where they say, um, making it back home is an underrated blessing. Like it people is. don't really appreciate making it back home every night. Yeah. And I think that reality hit home for a lot of people with Kobe because it's somebody that of our generation yeah. that we can look to and be like, dang, if that's happening. And it's something that was ra- totally random. It yeah. wasn't like a, you know, a illness. I or just didn't believe like it. That. Yeah. But also, like I told you last night, they had something out where they said, uh, add up Kobe's birth date, like the year he was born, 19, whatever, mm-hmm. and his daughter's birthday, 19 something. And it came up to his numbers, like the 2024. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or something with the numbers in it and his, like his. Well, eight, I know that number, the memorial. I know that the memorial is going to be on 224. 24, 20. 20. He, so it's, his, it's her number, his number, and then 20, 20 years, years of playing for the yeah. Lakers. And what I was thinking, they had all these numerical facts mm-hmm. and shit that kind of made it seem like it was just his time to go. Yeah. And I was telling somebody, I was like, a lot of times we feel like, hey, you know, he died too soon or like me and you were mm-hmm. like, damn, he could have. T- Why didn't God take somebody else? This oh, guy yeah. is doing it's great a things. There's a bunch of deadbeat daddies out here that could have. But sometimes it's just your time to go because his greatness was reached in a short period of time. Oh, yeah. Some of us still have time to reach our greatness, which we are, may be alive to 60 or 70 mm-hmm. because for our lifetimes, it'll take us 70 years to do something even close mm-hmm. to what Kobe has accomplished. Yeah. So sometimes it's just your time to go. But his impact. No matter whether he died at 41 or 81, mm-hmm. he had an impact on everybody. He definitely did. So rest in peace to the homie. Uh, it's crazy. I think it's just one of the things, too, where you'd be like, yo, this shit is just surreal. It is. And one of the things that it made me think about was I remember specifically times when I used to pray and ask God to take my life. Yeah. And so now I finally reached this point where I'm genuinely happy. And yeah. I think I even told you when I was coming back from New Orleans, I was on the plane and I just had like this euphoric feeling yeah. of happiness. Like I was looking out the window at the clouds, just smiling for no damn reason. Yeah. And in that moment, I was like, Lord, please don't let my time be up. Because yeah. it's like you reach this this plateau mm-hmm. and you kind of start feeling like, damn, is it, is it almost time for me? Yeah. You, yeah. I mean, it, you get to that point. And I think I, I've told you before, especially last year at 37, I've gotten points where I'm like, 
what else is there to do in life? Mm-hmm. That's why I said, like, on the last episode, people be like, oh, life is short. I've been, 37 years is a long fucking time. And when you think 10 years from now. But it seems short in terms of, especially everybody in my family, they live to be like 95, 100. Exactly. So. That means you got to do this shit three more times. Yeah. That's a long time. So it's important. It's Black History Month. And Black History Month for me is usually a month where I don't really take shit from nobody. But I goddamn don't damn take sure shit don't from take disrespectful it. white people. So, oh, yeah. You going to tell them how you checked the old lady on the plane? So I was going to St. Louis. You know, we always have Lyft stories. So I first have to talk about the Lyft story. I got called a Lyft to go to, to the airport. Mm-hmm. No bullshit, Spider. I got in this Lyft. First of all, the dude, he looked cool. But when you got in, this nigga was listening to a soundtrack of murder music. Like the <laughs> dun 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 I got yeah. in and it was like, like three songs straight. It was just like Michael Myers shit or like, criminal mind shit and I'm like what the fuck mm-hmm. I didn't even go then he didn't even follow the thing like to get to the airport he started going through town like somewhere else and I was like I'm not taking a nap I'm not <laughs> gonna rest my close my eyes look away for nothing then after the murder mystery music went off he was playing it sounded like black audio of like slave people talking like, you know how when they record the audio back in the day. just fucking with you. But you know how when you play that audio, like, from back in the day, it sounds like it's in, it sounds like somebody just set a recorder on the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what it sounded like. And I was like, I'm, this is a weird fucking ride. But that's the that's the worst I can say about him. But I got to the airport. I'm checking my baggage. And, you know, when you get your little bag to put on there, say Dallas to wherever you're going. Uh-huh. And he, this guy, is three lines. This white guy, he comes up. He jumps right behind the guy who's already up there, and he kneels down. He starts to tie his shoe. I said, excuse me. Excuse me, sir. Sir. He didn't even, I said, you, sir. Hey, you got to get your ass to the back, bro. You can't just jump up here and do that shit. The black lady next to me, she was like, oh, shit. Like, what the fuck? Because most people don't speak up. Mm-hmm. They just let this shit happen. But I'm one of those people where I've always said, how do people know they're doing something wrong if you don't call them? It didn't get out of hand. When I said that, I didn't disrespect him. I was just like, yo, the line here, I was like, it's three lines. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, I feel like a piece of shit. I was like, eh, <laughs> eh. I mean, you tried to do that. You did try to jump this motherfucker. Then I got on the plane, but this is when I was coming back to Dallas. Mm-hmm. And we always talk about, we already know if you're black, when you fly while black, if the flight is packed, white people will see you sitting in the corner and it could be two seats and they will keep passing by you. That's dumbass white people. That's what I was about to say. A that's specific the first thing I look for on mm-hmm. a plane. And that's what I was about to say. A specific type of white person. Because one thing we say we want to do this year is oh, not yeah. generalize white people, generalize black people or any par- any party of people. We're going to call the motherfucker for who it is for the person that's there. Mm-hmm. So like you said, a dumbass white person. <laughs> so this bitch, she comes through, everybody passing, she walks by like she didn't want to sit down, but then mm-hmm. she realizing there's really no more seats. And she decides to sit down, so she takes her jacket, bro. I'm sitting by the window. It's two seats. She mm-hmm. takes her jacket, and she just throws it in the aisle. When she throws it in there, it, it lands on me. I was like, bitch, if you don't get this fucking jacket, 70-year-old woman. Some people probably looking like, hey, she's elderly. This bitch ain't learning in 70 years how to have some respect. This bitch is going to learn to fucking day. You don't just sit down, throw your jacket down, I'm throw sure that motherfucker all over me, and then, like, yeah, because she ended up getting the jacket and making, like, a shield. <laughs> to sleep and block me but i'm like bitch don't ever throw this fucking jacket in here you better learn that shit anybody can get it man you see that shit wasn't it you just sent me that video of that black that white lady talking shit to this black lady in the bank line yeah and i guess she kind of pushed the white the the black lady and the black lady just kind of touched her like do not touch me the white lady said get your hands off of me and she kicked her and pushed her but she barely did it that little that white lady that black lady stepped back 
slid her shoes off. And the whole time I'm like, this bitch better run. She slid her shoes off and just went, 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 like left to right, just hitting her. And that bitch let out all kind of cries and howls. And I told her, I said, if you watch the video closely, it was a white security guard there. He probably was like 50-something. But, you know, he was kind of the ones with no gun. Mm-hmm. He just walked over there real quick like a power walk. <laughs> He's like, excuse me, excuse me. About some, That's it. That's it. <laughs> but I was like, he didn't even try to fight that black woman. He probably was like, man, I'm not waiting for the. I don't get paid enough to get these motherfucking hands put in my goddamn life. Mm. I wanted to talk about, again, with it being Black, black History Month, we always talk about great shows. Mm-hmm. So we're going to kind of talk about a little bit, a million little things. Oh, yeah. And we're going to talk about... Um, this it's is us, us and why mm-hmm. I love Sterling K. Brown for uh, a black representation of men. Oh, yeah. So with a million little things we were going to talk Look about. Look at you trying to take over. No, because you paused. So I'm like, okay, what's I was trying to catch my hell? breath, but I see you. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't That's, even know where I was going with it. I was just trying to. So you watched it. You <laughs> yes. watched a million little things with me. Um, Rome on there, he is one of the black characters on the show. He's married to a black woman. Mm-hmm. But they have a f- circle of friends of about 10 people. In those 10 people, they're the only two black people, but they're still like family. Mm-hmm. All the other white people are friends like brothers. They're, um, some people have kids. Mm-hmm. They're in Rome and them is like the godfather and the godmother to these children. Yeah. So they had a softball game, and Rome is videotaping mm-hmm. his daughter walking up to the plate God to back. Goddaughter. So he's videotaping him. He's the only black dude. It's a white guy that sees him. And he's like, he tells his wife, hey, look at him. You yeah. see him? And he's, he's looking at him as if, like, why is this black dude recording mm-hmm. this white girl? This is not his family. He has nobody here that looks like him. Why? So he walks over to Rome. He snatches his camera up. And Rome is like, yo, he's like, it's not what you think. And he was like, well, why are you here? Yeah. So uh, Rome, his homeboy, he comes over there. What is this guy's name? What is this He the one who had the breast cancer. I know. Uh, Anyway, Rome's friend come over there. He's a white guy. And he punches the other white guy and he was like hey you fucking asshole why are you being such an asshole to him because he knew he was treating him that way because he was black mm-hmm. well rome tried to calm down his friend before the police came but the yeah. police end up coming so they both get put in the back of the police car rome uh rome's friend the white guy is mad because he's like why are we in the back because this guy harassed you i defended you mm-hmm. he was like he was trying to let him know pretty much basically you're with a black guy and you defended a black guy so this is what happened to us when we react and try to take up for ourselves yeah and his friend was like, well, I don't see the reason why we're back here. And he was like, it's two different Bostons, mm-hmm. man. He's like, we live in two different Bostons. And he was like, what do you mean by that? He was like, I'm a black man in Boston, which means everything that I do is under a microscope. If I do something good or bad, the intent of it is going to be seen as wrong and to prove otherwise. Right. So it was kind of like a lesson there, which led me into having friends of different races and truly understanding each other. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of trying to tell you, I was like, what does it say about you? Me being black, if I don't have any other white friends or people or, you know, Asian friends or anybody else, all my friends look like me. Yeah. What does that say about me? That you need to expand your horizons. But you also don't open have. open yourself up to new things because how are you going to get to know that not all white people are bad? Or how can you, you be don't... empathetic for them in certain situations mm-hmm. because not all of them are bad Which, or Mexicans too. And it's the same exact thing that we say about white people. Like we say that they should ingratiate themselves with us more. So how can we expect them to do it with us if we aren't willing to do it with them? And some people may say, why do you always talk about white and black? We live in Texas. It's pretty much white, black, and Mexican. Mm-hmm. And honestly, Mexican, I mean, everybody kind of deals with their own people. Or the Americanized expanding which is which pretty much to us is white towards caucasian exactly mm-hmm. so that's why we always pretty much talk about that i mean it's not new york it's not miami it's not la so we don't have all those different demographics mm-hmm. but i think it's important for black people 
I'm not saying go out and find you some white friends. Yeah. But what I'm saying is if you're at work and you have white people that's trying to get to know you, because sometimes give them a chance. Give them a fucking mm-hmm. chance. Oh, and okay. On that topic, mm-hmm. I will say that um, we did a few episodes. I want to say back in 2018, maybe whenever we had the shift tra- or the transition at my job where my two friends oh, left yeah, yeah, and yeah. then we had a new one come in. And one of them was like the ditzy white girl. Because your first one was you had a uh, the crazy Asian, yeah, and, and then, a black girl, yeah. Now and you so, have and I had gotten a to know them and a white girl, yeah, yeah. But it's two like different age groups, and yeah. then like I said, the ditzy white girl. Yeah. One of the things that I've learned in this time period because I I was to the point where I was just closed off, like I'm not here for this girl. I ain't got nothing to give her. Yeah. Me and Johnny, we talked about it, yeah. and he kind of pointed out some stuff. And so I ended up giving her a chance. And now the little girl grew on me. Yeah. And it, and we have a great, like, rela- I won't say friendship, but she's a great acquaintance. Yeah. I'm glad I gave her a chance. Yeah. She was worth it. I think you got to do stuff like that because as much as I talk shit about white people, as all, it's also a lot of great things mm-hmm. that I can say about mm-hmm. them. Um, when they're your friends and oh, when yeah. they cut for you, yeah, those motherfuckers cut for you. Yeah, you came to my job uh last week sometime. yeah it was just yesterday oh was it Child, i'm pulling one you of you smoke weed? i'm pulling uh, i'm pulling one of your moves did you smoke weed <laughs> was it okay so yeah. yesterday and you you, you were in Johnny. the midst of seeing how he went to bat for me like yeah. it was some a, a situation with my desk yeah. it was no longer functional and i was just like you know fuck it they yeah. were like well because of the budget we can't do this we can't do that you know he went down the hall he was like no you mean to tell me we got money in a budget for this and you can't give her this yeah and by the end of the day i had a new desk yeah and it's one of those things like i say they do go to bat for you um they look out for you mm-hmm. um if you ask them to bring something they bring that plus something else exactly so it's just one of those things it's hard for me it's hard for me even to sit up and hear other black people talk about white people mm-hmm. in a negative way because you know I can't ones. feel that when I know good ones. Yeah. And the reason I say it is because you'll have a lot of black people that'll speak about white people in an, in a group or generalized negative connotation. It's like, mm-hmm. yo, no, it's not. It's it's not like that. Yeah. Like when I hear some say all of them are this, or all of them are that. And I'm like, not they're not. All of them. They, I mean, I don't know who you're dealing with mm-hmm. or if you're only dealing with the ones that work with you, that's why. Even something as simple as saying not all of them. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And it, it sucks to have to say that, but I mean, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like what I want black people to focus on is the same way we want white people to be empathetic mm-hmm. and sympathetic to certain things. No, you can't change slavery. Mm-hmm. No, you can't change what some of their ancestors did. Yeah. But you can't blame these people mm-hmm. who probably are trying to do something different, yeah. whether it be if it's just speaking or if it's just, you know, being willing to ask how you're doing, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. The reason I brought this up about just having different friendships, I was listening to um, Death, Sex, and Money with Anna Sale. Oh, yeah. She always has great com- great conversations about race. So she brought one up about race, and she brought a black girl on mm-hmm. and a white girl on. And the black girl basically, kind of like you just said with, with the girl at your job, uh-huh. she's an acquaintance. Mm-hmm. So the black girl met the white girl at the job. She was get the black girl was getting married. She invited her homegirls who are all black to the wedding. Mm-hmm. She invited the white girl to the bachelorette party. Mm-hmm. And the black the, the black girl was talking to Anna Sell and she's like, "Why didn't you invite her to your wedding?" And she was like, "Well, because she just didn't want her black friends to feel uncomfortable 
or not being able to be who they were mm-hmm. with a white girl around. And she also didn't want the white girl feeling uncomfortable being around a bunch of black people, That's which awesome. we've done that yeah. to where we've had parties and get togethers. And we'd be like, well, well let's invite this type things. of black people or let's mix these. And it's, it's so difficult yeah. to switch that. And you don't want to do that, Mm-mm. but it's like, sometimes you feel like you have to do that. And that's why I say, I think understanding that we are different, mm-hmm. but a lot alike. And how are you going to learn that these people, not all people are out to get you or not all black people, hey, white people, if you don't have mm-hmm. real fucking conversations and interactions? Yeah, I think at this point, I don't want to do that anymore. Do I what feel part? like like try to. Oh, no, uh, I'm going to just send out yeah, the invitation. And you I think come we're and come. all grown. We I mean, we are around a good group of people. So I feel like they'll figure that shit out. I had to clear my nose. I've been. You got a lot going on today. It's it's just a sign of strain. Oh, okay. You talking about a lot going on? No, no I'm just saying. Don't start doing it. You the one that was driving over to this bitch like a bat out of hell. That's and almost be- got us okay. This okay, morning. so we're gonna talk about. No, we ain't talking. No, about we're shit. gonna talk about how I fucked up because I was driving like a bat out of hell you because are. I thought we had to be here by twelve. Yeah. When it really wasn't until. But you had a lot going on again, <laughs> like. Well, you had a lot going on. I you did. Know. I woke up early this morning because yeah. I had to take my son to get his hair replaced. Yeah. That appointment was at the crack of dawn, and I was trying to get over here in time because I had yeah. made a commitment to come and pick you up. Yeah. And we and, and you've been. I mean, you've had a rambunctious week. Oh my god! I think we both talked about <laughs> just like getting into the point of getting back to us this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with business too, like everybody's. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say you have to be careful what you speak into existence because we like towards the end of last year we were like, oh, we're gonna get back to ourselves, you know, get back to whatever. And so this like January was like yeah. a kick in the ass, mm, a swift kick in the ass <laughs> with with a sideways boot. Yes. I think, um, I, and we'll get back to this next topic, but I did want to talk about the pressures of business. I think anybody who wants to own their own business, they should. You mm-hmm. should work hard to get your own business. Mm-hmm. But just know that there's going to be some complications. There are going to be some ups and downs. And, and time I think, the shit out. Yeah. Like, don't just say, oh, I want to I want to own my own business, or I'm going to quit my job today and, yeah. and just fly by the seat of my pants. Yeah. You need time that shit out. So this this today's lesson in business, you got to know when to cut a motherfucker. Some people you have to just know. When to let go. Sometimes their money is not worth your trouble. Sometimes their presence is not worth your trouble. Mm -hmm. Sometimes their ignorance is not worth your trouble. At all. So I think sometimes people want money so bad when it comes to business Mm -hmm. or you want money because, I mean, that's what a business is about, generating Mm -hmm. money. But I think both of us on this week was willing to take a loss because it was better to take a loss to win. Yeah, and I don't even look at it as a loss. It's crazy because normally you're the one that wants to cut people way before time. Yeah. And I never get to the point where I'm just like, just be done. Mm-hmm. But this time, this week was the first week that I was like, I'm over it. Yeah. I'm done with this yeah. situation. We're moving on. It's hard to be done when there's still money coming in, though. That is the hard part. That, That's like uh, that me, was it. Something that me and Mike, the way that y'all yeah. are talking, I'm the one that wants to drop Cut. people. Mm-hmm. That's me and you. Yeah. yeah. And he's, you know, like, no, nah, man, we got to do this. Exactly. Do this. They're still paying on time. Mm-hmm. Like, all right. You know, but you're more so like me to where it's like, I get that. I get what Mike's saying. I get what Artesia says. But at the end of the day, I feel like it's a respect thing. Mm -hmm. Certain things sometimes it's like your time is important if you value your time. Mm -hmm. And I'm a person that doesn't like to repeat myself. Oh, God. I'm also a person that that if I send you something Mm -hmm. and you don't know what's 
the agreement is because you didn't read it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want you saying, oh, you're good people. I didn't read it. I just trusted you. Yeah. No, you need to it's read it because if you come back and say, oh, well, I wanted this, this, and this. Well, did you read the agreement, motherfucker? Because if you didn't read time. the agreement, then whatever you're saying right now is null and fucking void. I don't care how many clients you got. I don't care how much money you got. And I could give two shits about who the fuck knows you or what you know. Mm-hmm. I don't like having a migraine. Some people ain't a headache. Some people are, yes, but from you talking to me, I was like, (laughs) I'm getting a migraine from this fucking situation. So I'd rather be done with this shit. Yeah. Get this bitch back $2 or $3 or whatever you owe or whatever we doing. Get these people out of here. (laughs) This is how I wanted to talk on the last episode, but we had a guest. I couldn't, I just couldn't, just couldn't get it going. So no, we, we dropped some dead weight. And now we're prepared to move on. Move forward. Yeah. So I wanted to give a shout out to uh, Sterling K. Brown. He got a couple of movies coming up. But This Is Us, uh, everybody should be watching it. Yes. Everybody should be watching This Is Us. The reason I like Sterling K. Brown is because I feel like he gives a positive reflection of the black man Mm -hmm. in America. Um, he's a great provider. Mm-hmm. He uh, to Beth and the children. He's emotionally available. Mm-hmm. That's something y'all For women like. Family. Yes, he's an amazing um, husband, family man, an elite. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I just feel like he he he's an elite person, mm-hmm. but he doesn't have an elitist attitude. That's the key. He is a person who makes money. Mm-hmm. He's well known, mm-hmm. but it's like he doesn't he's down to earth. He's down to earth, and I think stuff like that is great because when This Is Us first came out. I remember I worked with a couple of white ladies and they were, they was like, Hey, have you ever watched this is us? And I was like, I just started watching mm-hmm. it. And the first person they said they liked on the show was Randall. Mm-hmm. And it was like, he's just so nice. He's so sweet. He takes care of his family. And I told the lady, I said, I like it too, because mm-hmm. it shows a different side of yeah. the black man. Cause it's more Randall's than it than is, it is yeah. criminals exactly. and drug dealers and exactly. rappers and shit. Like mm-hmm. it's more of, it's more, you will find if you really open your eyes, mm-hmm. no matter what we dr- look like or how we dress, yeah. if you open your eyes, because we're not all looking like Randall. Right. But we do the same things that Randall do. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times people look at us, at the black man, and it's like, oh, he's a deadbeat or, yeah. oh, he's this or whatever the narrative is on TV. Mm-hmm. And it's like to really see Sterling K. Brown in this narrative, in this positive narrative, caring for his mm-hmm. community. Yeah, putting um, himself through the ringer for everybody for else. For everybody else. And yeah. there's so many black men that do mm-hmm. that. I think um, the narrative on TV a lot of times is the black woman does it, and she does. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of black men to do right. that, too. And I just wanted to kind of give a spotlight uh, to, to Sterling K. Brown because a lot of his movies lately have been about mm-hmm. him being that strong friend, father, like, husband, or, you know. Yeah, and I like how they pointed out because he does deal with um, anxiety. And so I like how they sh- they show it in a way because even as black women, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, we know black men go through a lot. But because we're wired to be a certain way, we kind of overlook it sometimes and just like, oh, well, you're strong. You're okay. You'll be fine. But because it's TV, you know, they kind of portray it to where you can really see and be like, dang, I wonder if this is what the man in my life is going through. Yeah. When it's like uh, with it being Black History Month, I think one of the things I've thought about a lot is like kind of like that last episode. How do we better our communities? Mm -hmm. How do we better our relationships? How do we better our friendships. Mm-hmm. And one thing I feel like I've learned. Yeah, but like I was saying, the, the name of the, what's the title of this podcast? Always, always Don't Open New Doors. Mm-hmm. One of the always I feel like I had to change was, like I, I think me and you talked yesterday and we had a little spat. Or was it this morning? It, it was, was yesterday. yesterday. We had a little spat and I hit you back and I was like, yo, I'm going to reach out to her. I'm going to talk a little, you know, I'm going to apologize. Talk some shit. I'm going to talk some shit and I'm going to lighten the load. A lot of times last year when we would come to the podcast, I would give you such a hard time 
and I would ride your ass. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't let up. Oh, yeah. We can talk about this first episode this year. What are you talking about? You was on my case hard that episode. And when you did it I, wasn't. Did, a, wait, 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 wait. First, did I apologize? I apologize no, that's what I was going to say. It, was it wasn't. It yeah, was it wasn't though. until you edited the episode because you always talk about how I don't talk. Remember enough. that last episode we did? And I was like, damn, you ain't. I was talking about the uh, hugs and uh-huh. the love and shit. And I looked at her and she said something that was off point. Yeah. And I was like, yo, you ain't even fucking paying attention. Because he was already in a, feeling some kind of way about me, quote unquote, not talking enough. And so when he was editing the episode, he went back. He called me. He was like. You did talk. This I'm nigga sorry. always want to pull something. Yeah, yeah, I had to because you did it on me earlier. But it's okay with doing <laughs> that because I think the thing I think I think the thing that I want people to understand this year, we haven't been really creating a lot of content mm-hmm. to talk about on the podcast. And the reason being is because when I come back, it's kind of like I just want to have more real conversations about how people can be better. Yeah. And the first thing is really you got to look at yourself. Mm-hmm. Like I've done a lot of fucked up shit. Mm-hmm. I've said a lot of fucked up shit. Ooh, and a lot of times when you sit back and you look and you like, damn, I really could have did that shit differently. Mm-hmm. And the reason that it's easy for me to do or say, not do, I don't really treat people wrong, mm-hmm. but I will say shit oh, yeah, and cut a motherfucker. Brash. But the reason it's like that is because I feel like, I'm an honest person. I feel like you should be able to take it. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I've changed is I know everybody's not me. Right. And I'm not everybody. Kind of like you said this morning, you were like, you know who I am. If you don't like it, don't be around me. I did say that. And it's like, but you, yeah, but, but, I know who but, you but, are. But, spider, spider but to life, a but certain I did, extent. But I, did, but I did say this. I said, you know who are who I am, and you know I don't mean shit by this, though. Yeah. Because, you know, sometimes your old ways slip up in there. Because as soon as we got here at 12, <laughs> the door was closed. Damn. And he was like, you know the code? And I, okay, so when you stand, I got to stand for this. So you were standing like this. Man, that's, that's, your ass. that's and, default. Yeah. Any pose. And, you, and your shoulders all broad <laughs> and shit. And you was like, what the fuck is going on? And I was like, hold up. But I wouldn't even. <laughs> I just thought, I didn't know if she made a mistake and she was like, I put, I booked the wrong time. And I was like, it's okay. I said, I wasn't but mad. But because he was standing in that pose, it was just like, okay, I ain't got time for this shit today. But see, and it's so crazy <laughs> that people say that because people always be like, oh, you have a presence. I think I'm trying to learn. Yeah. I think I'm trying to learn too who I am. Yeah. Because I, I tell RTs all the time and you've heard me say it too, Spider. I'm like, a lot of people feel like I'm unapproachable. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people feel like, oh, he's a mean guy. And I'm like. I don't see how people see that. I don't. Either. I know you're not, but it's like in certain moments, that's what you give off. And for somebody like me, because I'm the fixer and I'm the person that's pretty much in charge of whatever. So if anything goes wrong, I'm already on my on myself. So I, I don't need man. you to be on me too, because yeah. that makes it worse. Well, I've just been trying to be better. I mean, and you know, and and with this episode too, I titled "Always New Open New New Doors," and you were like. How the fuck did you already have a title? I know. And I was like, well, I I, I said, I really just want to talk about how people can be better. Mm-hmm. Not but you even have ju- gotten better, though. I feel, I feel I'm like not I take have. that away from you. I literally feel like I have, but not even just that. My mom called me the other day, and she was like, um, this Chick-fil-A got me gas. I feel mm-hmm. like I'm trying to burp. Jesus Christ. At least it's coming out of my mouth and not my ass. So my mom hit me up the other day, and she was like, hey, Anthony. I'm glad I'm in a different yeah. <laughs> And my mom hit me up, and she was like, hey, Anthony, I just wanted to let you know. I'm proud of you. I know you were going through a lot the last couple of months and you made it through. And I was like, yeah, I made it through. But I was like, there were a lot of times that I didn't feel like doing this shit no more. Yeah. Not just like podcasting. Like, I just didn't want to do life no more. I was just like, yo, I'm exhausted. And like a lot of people, kind of like we talked about the sex stuff on the last uh, episode, a lot of people just don't, they're not real with themselves. Mm -hmm. Literally, some people would deal with depression. They would deal with a fucking bad day and they would get their clothes on and go out and have fun with their friends and drink like everything is okay Mm -hmm. and come back home. 
That's the kind of shit I don't want to do. Yeah. I want to be able to say, if I don't feel like doing something, I don't want to fucking do it. Mm-mm. I don't want to push myself to do something. If I need a mental health day, I want to take that mental health day. I want to be able to talk to my friends or a significant other if I feel the need to and say, you know what? I'm depressed. Mm-hmm. Today ain't the day. Yeah. I need to do something different. Mm-hmm. And I think we just, and when I say always open new doors, it's just doing new shit. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to counseling, Go to fucking counseling. Yeah. If you're not talking to somebody, you need to talk to somebody. Find some kind of Get outlet. Get out and do the stuff that you want to do. Start and find there. an outlet to be better. Mm-hmm. I think uh, when I went to St. Louis, another thing that I'm learning about myself is like I don't like traveling by myself. Mm-hmm. Like me and you normally do all our trips. Like we'll do all the podcast shit or we'll do a trip where we just go somewhere yeah. and hang out. And it's like you get to traveling and with work. Mm-hmm. And I start to realize like at this age, I'm like, I am still getting closer and closer mm-hmm. to like thinking about kids and, mm-hmm. and, and not marriage, but settling down. Mm-hmm. So you've heard me talk about this before. The reason I want to talk about that is the realization of it is some people will say, well, you've been thinking about kids and marriage for a year. Mm-hmm. Why haven't you done it? Cause I, as the same token of wanting to do it, I don't want to do it. Like that. Huh? No, I, I, just jumping in like that too. You're like, but oh, I, I think I want to have kids. I better go start fucking now. You got to do it. And but it's there hard are to do people that, that do that. That's it weird. is. Literally. You, I know somebody that have, li- have posted on Facebook. Oh, I'm ready for a wife. And not six months later, they were that's getting too married. Fast to me. Yeah. Have you ever lived with somebody? Like uh, a girl? Like a, yeah, but it wasn't like a, we weren't in a relationship. And see, I've never done that either. I've never really lived you with You got to start there. That's what I'm saying. It's like for me, Baby I would steps. have to at least live with somebody. And that's the hard part for me. And I, I, I talk about all the time, like when me and her were together, it was times where she was supposed to be there the whole weekend. Mm-hmm. And then by like Saturday evening, I was just like. Put my ass out. Yeah, see, you doing this before. I didn't <laughs> I'm just playing. You know, because you. Can't nobody put me out. Yeah, okay? I just, but I would you just be like, me yo. To leave. But you know what I'm saying? But I know when you live with somebody, you can't fucking do that shit. You know what I'm saying? When you live with somebody, you got to be able to tolerate that. Was that was an adjustment shit. for me, too, because yeah. nobody had ever just been like. And sometimes that was when I was living in Arlington. So you had to take a trek. Way all the way back yeah. to see the hill. And I'll be like, I done packed come, my shit. Yeah, she, would pack her shit for, she would pack her shit for Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and leave Monday for work. Saturday is like, you got to take all that shit and on. And then I'm it was sorry. crazy because on Mondays I could sleep in later because it was closer, closer to, to the, the job. job. No. This nigga fucked all that shit up. <laughs> because so for me, it's just learning like, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's not that I don't want that, but I, I and I know it's other men out there and probably other women that are like, what do you do? I yeah, go back I and forth. I can't say day to now, day. with me having been by myself for so long, like I haven't lived with anybody since I got divorced. Yeah. And so it would definitely be an adjustment for me. Uh, okay. We got a few minutes before we get out of here. Oh, we do? Yeah. Because okay. we ran over from the last one. Oh, okay. it's, it's fine because <laughs> we had a guest. But I did want to say, Gail King, ain't that enough? Oh, we going to talk about this. I just want to say Gail King. Like, I just want to say black people, period. Stop bringing up people's dirt. You bring up Kobe Bryant's rape accusations. Like, why is this even brought up? Why are we talking about people's shit when these motherfuckers are gone? Mm-hmm. When his yeah. life overall was more great mm-hmm. than it was that. And you had 15 years to talk about this shit. 15 right, years. Right. And he wasn't found guilty on it. Exactly. Like, we know he fucked her. But, like, I mean, who, who at that point in time, who wasn't trying to fuck yeah. Kobe Bryant? So it's one but of the things where... I will say, if she had asked anybody, I'm glad that she asked Lisa Leslie because she, she handled herself. She did. But yes. the thing about it was, like, the reason I think the part where I started disliking what Gail was trying to do. Because she kept She pushing. asked, and it, the, yeah. the, the, Lisa Leslie told her, I've Lisa never seen Kobe do this mm-hmm. shit. I, and she even said, I have other friends mm-hmm. who do, but I've never seen Kobe. And she was like, well, if you're a friend, 
You, how you wouldn't see him do it. Yes, you would, bitch. Mm-hmm. You would see him do it. You would. Yeah. I just want black people to learn when you get to a certain if level. If you're a real friend. If you're a real you'll friend. You'll see it. You'll do not fuck. You don't have to call people out. Mm-hmm. Don't call out their wrongs when they do more rights. And first of all, ain't nobody got no reason calling out, but nobody's wrongs. Because I guarantee if you dig through Gail's nappy head, wig, ass closet, you're going to find something. <laughs> Dead body. We all got skeletons. We all got them. Somebody go through my shit and be like, yo, bro. Yo. And it's funny because people really be thinking you telling it all on the podcast. That's what I'm saying. You that's, got a that whole. Is, that is true, man. Yeah, <laughs> a lot the podcast of... is only a couple hours. That's every it. Week yeah. or two. It's a snippet. <laughs> it is a. It's the top. It's literally the very top layer. That closet got some bodies. <laughs> I'm glad we down to what we got five minutes. Artesia, what song are we closing out to? <laughs> hey, y'all. First of all, I want to say, listeners, we're gonna give you more content. We got mm-hmm. a lot going on. We are trying to bring you guys a live show this year. I know we promised one last year. I don't think we did you, one last year. You promised one last year. It was my fault that it didn't happen. Board. You are back on board, so but we did happening. have a lot of shit. So we're going to do a live show this year. Once we get those dates together, we will let you know. We got a couple of things that we are going to be doing. We will not hold you guys hostage this year um, or hold the content. <laughs> What'd you say? I ain't going to hold you. I love when they say that. <laughs> but we will have a few things coming up. We're looking forward to, again, the California trip. We going out on <laughs> Black Habits by D Smoke. D Smoke. Always inhale courage to excel success. We'll talk to y'all next time. episode of the reality is yeah how you got the body how did you get them so Mm. what was your motivation for every person that you slept with were you broken Mm. were you searching for validation those are the ones i don't i don't want that yeah Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds, and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC. All this week on NBC4, new products to new technology. Susan Hogan is showing you how local restaurants are changing the way we dine in and take out in this new world. Tonight at 6. A new twist on outdoor eating. A lot of it is creating flexibility. How one local restaurant is making their outdoor space mobile, giving you plenty of sunshine and social distance for a stress-free meal. It's all part of restaurant revitalization. Tonight at 6 on NBC4, working for you.